Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. In the 1940s, Norman Mackworth was one of the first researchers to study attention and vigilance. During World War II, he was hired to study radar operators. He found that for relatively uninteresting but critical tasks, such as monitoring a radar for submarines, focus and attention began to drop off after 30 minutes. Since then, other researchers have found that attention drops off sooner, as soon as 15 minutes, and that is if the task is interesting. We all have lapses in keeping our attention. Everyone's mind wanders. Some researchers feel that our minds may wander 30 to 50% of our waking hours. One moment you're in the zone, focused on what is happening, the next, your mind is somewhere else. Dr. Gemma Briggs of the Open University stated in a March 2017 BBC World Service report on busting the attention span myth that, quote, how we apply our attention to different tasks depends very much on what the individual brings to that situation. We've got a wealth of information in our heads about what normally happens in a given situation, what we can expect, and those expectations in our experience directly mold what we see and how we process information in any given time, end quote. This wealth of information is part of the problem, in my opinion. Too often, employees have gained experience and information about how a process works through success, even when failure was just as likely. For example, imagine a jam in a machine. For some reason, the product being produced becomes wedged in the machine. The employee, whom I will call Pat, with all of his attention focused on being productive and producing product, reaches in the machine to grab the product. The machine cycles, injuring Pat's hand. A natural response in the investigation process is to say Pat should have not put his hand in the machine or should have known to turn off the machine and lock it out. Pat, however, in his production-focused mindset, had one objective in mind, to produce product, and Pat had either too much or too little knowledge about how to resolve the situation. You were likely thinking, if Pat had too much knowledge about the situation, why is that bad? Well, what I often find when I do an accident investigation in these situations is that the employee has had a lot of success in dealing with this situation previously. Specifically, Pat has most likely successfully removed product before from the machine in the same manner without turning it off and was not injured. Pat's prior experience contributed to his wealth of knowledge that this is an efficient and effective means to address the production problem. Pat's experience and success in removing jam-ups before, in this same manner, led him to try it again as he could only foresee success and efficiency. Conversely, if Pat is a new employee, I often find that he would not have been trained on how to deal with jams or what happens when a person's hand goes into a machine and it cycles. Too often, job training is focused on doing the job exactly as prescribed with no consideration given to jams or other non-routine disruptions. Here is a more familiar example. Have you ever stood on a chair to change a light bulb? Did you do this because of a lack of knowledge about the hazard? Or have you done it before and had success, so you're encouraged to try the risky behavior again? Likely, if you have had success before using a chair, you believe you will be successful again and finding a ladder will just take too much time. So, you place the chair under the light, and with the light bulb in hand, you step upon the chair. Your attention is focused on keeping your feet firmly planted on the chair. But then you begin to concentrate on keeping the bulb in your hand, and then you realize you need to remove the cover from the light fixture to replace the bulb. You only have so much attention to allocate, and then you begin to think about the friends that are coming over to your post-coronavirus pandemic party. 
At this time, you are now thinking about your friends, what you're going to serve, and how you need to reach just a little bit more to unscrew that pesky screw holding the cover in place. With no thought, you reach out too far, taking yourself off balance, you slide one of your feet to regain your balance, only to realize you just moved your foot off the chair and onto the floor you tumble. Because you're young or young at heart, you'd luckily avoid an injury, but you decide to get a ladder to be safe. This example gets right to the heart of the problem with attention and information. People cannot keep their attention on being safe when confronted with all the things they're thinking about at a given time. While your initial reaction was focused on your safety by keeping your feet on the chair, other thoughts were needed to complete the task, such as the steps needed to remove the cover, then your mind began to wander and you completely forgot about your feet. Combine that with your prior success in using a chair to change a light bulb and you were destined to fail, maybe not today or tomorrow, but at some point in time. In essence, your mind has failed you. This failure happens to all of us hundreds if not thousands of times a day. Typically, however, we are not in situations that are going to cause us injury. Just like driving to a destination and not remembering how you got there. Or maybe your mental lapse occurs while you're in the grocery store trying to remember what you wanted to buy because you didn't need a list because you thought you could remember those four things you needed. These same mental lapses occur to employees in the same way and in the same manner. If you have processes in your organization, that rely upon employees being vigilant to identify and respond to unsafe conditions and where their response could harm them because of their lack of knowledge or where they have improperly but successfully resolved the issue before, then you are increasing the potential for injury. So what should you do to create a safer workplace that considers vigilance and attention as key components of keeping employees safe? Look for tasks where employees take shortcuts. Are the shortcuts safe or do they adversely impact the quality of the product or the service you provide? Then address these unsafe shortcuts. Does the training cover what can go wrong and how to react, in addition to how to simply do the job when everything goes right? Lastly, look at processes where the employee needs to utilize vigilance to avoid serious harm. Then implement controls such as machine guarding that provide employees with an extra layer of protection to prevent them from getting hurt. Many of the safety features on new cars are designed to give you this extra layer of protection. Backup cameras, rear cross-traffic detection, and forward collision warning systems are all examples. None of them remove your responsibility to drive safely and be vigilant when driving. But what they do is provide you with a warning of a potential hazard when maybe your attention has shifted somewhere else. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace.